now at two. It's 5.30 in the morning and Mike Reiner is already at work. Hey everybody, this is the inaugural episode of the Square One Podcast here on The Athletic. I'm your host, Mike Reiner. This is my new gear. We are ready to roll. We're glad to have you with us. We appreciate you listening. We hope you'll subscribe to The Athletic. There's going to be a lot of fun on here. It'll be about anything I want it to be about. Could go anywhere. Maybe sports, some off-topic Probably not politics. I don't work in that realm too much. (laughs) But, yeah, it'll just go uh, wherever we're feeling it on a given day. There will be guests. I may have tunes I want you to hear. The canvas is right in front of me. It is clear. And it is up to us to decide what we want on it. So that's what we're going to do here. With us is the guy who's going to be producing this, the man at the helm, the great Kent Garrison with us today. Hi. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hi, Ken. I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm excited to see what you paint on this canvas. Maybe some happy trees. Maybe. maybe some Bob maybe. Ross. Yes, yeah, so some on. Bob Ross stuff. That's always good. That's exactly what I had in mind when <laughs> when I said that. Yeah, there you go. The were great you, Bob Ross. Were you a Bob Ross guy? Oh, yeah, you bet. Who's not a Bob Ross guy? I was fascinated by him. That's funny because I, I, and I grew up in the 90s, and I feel like Bob Ross was a big part of my life growing up on PBS, and uh, but now it seems like he's had a little resurgence. Seems like the millennials have discovered Bob Ross via the interwebs, and he's he's really hip now. I don't know if you've noticed that Bob Ross has made a, quite a resurgence. I have noticed that, and you know what? We're all better off for that. <laughs> if we could get millennials right. into Bob Ross, hopefully that'll be one of the things that turns them on track, <laughs> and this world will be a much much better place. Exactly. Yeah. Just uh, just do what Bob says, and yeah. I think we'll all be better people. Be as right? much like Bob as you can possibly be. Yeah. Get the fro going. And yeah. Definitely get the fro <laughs> going if you can. Yeah. Love me some Bob Ross. That's that's all good. Well, Mike, on behalf of the Athletic, I just want to say it's, it's a pleasure to have you here, and I'm very excited about the possibilities of what we're going to be able to do because, like you mentioned, it's a blank slate, blank canvas, however you want to put it, but. Really, we would just want whatever's on your mind, whatever comes up during the day, week, month, we're going to be able to have this, this format, this, this vertical here at The Athletic that they've given us to essentially do whatever we, we want with you. And, and that's such a blessing for you, for us, for the listener to be able to have that, to be able to have this platform to do that. And, you know, yeah, I just want to say officially welcome to The Athletic, man. It's it's awesome to have you here. Well, I can't tell you how jazzed I am to be a part of this. Mm. Like, I don't know how many out there saw the video I made when I made it known that I was stepping away from the ticket. Mm. But I did mention in that that, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Maybe something, maybe nothing. If something came along that sounded like it might be fun, then we'd take a look at it and almost – Immediately out of the shoot, the idea of doing something at the athletic came up or called me and, and or texted me or I don't know, however you guys do that kind of thing and <laughs> wanted to get together. And, and I mean, I, I was in. I was in from the get-go. Or being our, our Dallas editor here. Yes, or, the great Or Moyal. Or Moyal. And, yeah, it pretty much recruited you right off the bat. Yeah. And, Let's talk through that just a little bit. After you left the ticket, we'll we'll rewind here a little bit, talk about that process. But when you left the ticket, was your phone ringing off the hook with people wanting to hire you? Did you get other calls from other stations like, hey, maybe let's do something? Or was it like people Uh, too scared to to even approach you about something at that point? That's not really how it works too much Mm -hmm. in the radio game. Um, I was approached by really only one other. Seriously, mm-hmm. but I've got a non-compete clause that I have to adhere to right now for terrestrial pro- radio. Yeah, for terrestrial okay. radio, which prohibits me from doing anything like that. And honestly, I'm not ready to jump back into that game. Yeah, there's a pretty good chance the reality is that my time in in terrestrial radio is over. Right, it could be, and if that, that turns out to be the case, 
I'm okay with it. I did it for 26 years at the ticket, um, a whole slew of years at other ports of call, and I know what, what that's like. And I'm looking forward to trying something else that's formatted a little bit differently. And here at The Athletic, I can do that. That's exciting. Right. You know, with the ability to get on the air and, and push out your voice to, you know, an international audience here at The Athletic, why why would you need to go back to terrestrial radio? And you can say all you want to say right here, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's – let's just say you've you've proven all you needed to prove in the terrestrial radio formats. I think you've – probably reached the peak of that industry would you say so well i i don't know i don't evaluate myself there mm-hmm. i'll let others do that well I, I i'm the other and i'm evaluating you and okay well you, you've the, reached the peak in that. well the, i see a sports <laughs> illustrated here with you you know on it saying you're one of the the top radio guys in the business and i would say that's pretty much the peak and once you're on in sports illustrated as a as a talk radio host you know you can't get much higher than that so well if that's the way it rolls out then that'll be very exciting and i will be very flattered if in fact that ever happens let's rewind just a tad while we're on the subject of the ticket here take me through the formation of that and the starting of the ticket so you were in rock radio before you were at the zoo. What what was your uh, background before the ticket? My background at, uh, in radio before the ticket was I spent seven years at the zoo. I started there okay. as an intern in 1979 and just kind of hung around, ingratiated myself. I got so incredibly eaten up with the business that I would do anything for anybody, any hour, day or night, for nothing, mm-hmm. just to be up there. And just to be a part of it. I mean, they had to tell me to go home. You weren't on the air anymore? No, I wasn't on the air. I was just doing whatever shit work somebody wanted done, needed done. Yeah. I would, like I say, anything for anybody, anytime. And just to rewind, the zoo was basically the biggest rock station in Dallas there at were, the time. There it were was... two of them, and they were somewhat equal. There was the zoo, there was Q102, and those were the two big album rock aor stations as the format was known back mm-hmm. then and uh yeah it was good times man a lot of fun back in those days so when you left the zoo how did you transition yourself into talk radio at that point did you go somewhere else or did you take time off and then decide i want to start the ticket there was about a um a gap of a few years in there where I did a brief stint at KZPS. Mm. I did a year at WBAP. And I'd always been aware of sports talk radio because we did have it back then. You know, you had Sports Central on KRLD for years and years, hosted most of that time by Brad Sham. Right. You had Brad Sham, the great. Yes, the the great Brad Sham. You had uh, Randy Galloway Mm. on WBAP, Sports at Six. That was the dominant sports talk show around for years and years and uh, then you had norm hitzkus on klif had klif at one point did um, a, a later in the day sports show norm did mornings back then and they did later uh, later in the day sports show as well so sports talk was something that i'd been listening to for a long time Now, the idea of it going 24 hours all day long or a whole radio format being built around it, where that's what a station did, that was a pretty foreign concept. But while at the zoo, I started hearing of WFAN in New York, which was going to do that very thing. And I just thought, wow, that'd be kind of cool. And um, I never heard WFAN or anything like that. I figured that would just be a New York thing. At that time, I'd never even been to New York. And, you know, you couldn't punch up radio stations in foreign ports the way you can now. But I figured it would be just a New York thing, and nothing like that could ever happen down here or really anywhere else. But then it started to spread a little bit. Philadelphia got one. Um, somewhere in there, I believe Boston was probably next, although I could be wrong about that. And then in the intervening years, they started to pop up just about everywhere. And in the early, 
I guess late 80s, early 90s, I would go on vacation with wife and young daughter, and we would go to places like Chicago and Seattle and some other places like that, and they had sports radio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would listen to it. And, I mean, it got to the point where – Like, I'm uh, better than these guys. Yeah, well, no, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't think that. But it got to the point well, where – you're I, talking about I was driving my, Francesa and all yeah, yeah. W fan. You, yeah. you are better than those guys. Well, maybe. <laughs> that, that's for others to decide. But that's, it got to the point where on vacation, that's all I wanted to do was listen to those, listen to those stations. And I didn't realize it at the time because I wasn't doing it consciously. But I started making a lot of mental notes about how they did what they did and just the, the, the entire sound and vibe of it. I had no idea what I was going to do with that or if I'd ever do anything at all with it. But yeah, it was there. And I would come down here, and, and at that time I was doing a sports phone type thing for GTE, GTE on call. Where you could dial a number, press one four-digit code. Four, you four, get, four film for sports or something? Something, something like okay. that, yeah. And press a four-digit <laughs> really? code, and you would get uh, stuff on the Cowboys. You would get another code, stuff on the Rangers. Interesting. The Mavericks and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it was me That's that they cool. got telling them, all, telling them all that stuff. You know, I'd record it like once or twice a day if news broke. And I'd have big game stories up on there. This is the 80s or early 90s? This is the early 90s. Okay. And so, uh, just on that subject, I was research, researching for a documentary I was doing uh, in my previous job about Barry Switzer, and I found some old articles that Skip Bayless and Mickey Spagnola wrote for like it was called it was like a Sports Facts or something. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> that right. Cracked me up. Yeah, and they said, "Oh yeah, you'd get your you get a fax every day for yes. us that had our our columns on there." That's right. It's like man, the early '90s sports beat was. Calling four 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 Mike and and the the skip sports facts was and those are some days I wish I yeah could in fact have been. that sports facts was a big early sponsor of the ticket oh man because you know Bayless was with us that yeah. last year yeah that's right so yeah I mean he brought them over and Gosh. they bought in and they they at one time extended what they thought to be a whole lot of control mm. about the way things were and they didn't much care for the way things were were being done back there, but that's for that's a yeah. Whole we got other we got time to get into all that eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. Right there. Anyway, um, I started making a lot of mental notes about this, and I started asking around, and I would say to guys, "What would you think about sports radio here?" And to a man, the response was some form of, "It'll never work here." And I went, well, why? Yeah. And they said, well, for one thing, you're going to need a big signal. You're going to need at least one, if not more, of the teams to carry their games on there. You're going to need some big-name talent. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about WBAP, which had all of those things. So, essentially, he was telling me that nobody could ever do that because of WBAP. Nobody could compete with them. Nobody could compete with them. Okay. And, okay, I mean, I understood all that, but there was this nagging, this this little monkey with a drum in the back of my, my head that was just nagging at me and going, okay, those are some pretty heavy-duty obstacles, but nobody's told you, nobody's given you a reason why this wouldn't work. They told you what you might have to contend with, what you might have to overcome, and, yeah, any any one or all of those things could you know, prevent you from ever being terribly successful with it. But yeah. as far as just absolutely not being able to put something out there and just seeing, why not? You know, nobody, why, why couldn't you at least do that if you could find somebody to do it? Did you know you had something different to bring to the table? Like you knew if you got into sports talk that y'all wouldn't be talking X's and O's all the time. Or did it evolve into that? No, no, that was the whole idea. That was the whole idea. The whole idea was to talk X's yes. and O's. No, no, the whole idea was to talk not X's and O's. Okay. The whole idea was to meld what would come later to be known as guy talk mm-hmm. with sports, with a pretty heavy emphasis on sports, but a lot of 
a lot of life talk, a lot of guy talk, you know, that kind of thing in there. We're, we're you know, really pretty much what you hear on the ticket, what you've always heard on the ticket. Right, what it's that, been for yeah. 26 years. Yeah, that, sure. was, the, that was the initial concept. Yeah. And, I, and I figured that that might be our saving grace. Mm-hmm. If, sports, if the sports we talked was good enough and we developed enough credibility there and got people who, you know, knew enough to present a credible show but could do the other, then that's what I was looking for. And it just so happened that at that time I was in the company of a few guys that I thought could do that. So you were looking for entertaining hosts rather than yeah. sports guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I wanted sports guys, I could have found sports guys. Right. But I wanted other guys. I wanted guys who had something else to bring to the table, too. Did the thing take off immediately? I mean, pretty infamously, I remember there being billboards, the billboard with a jock strap. Yes. That's a pretty infamous image. It said sports coverage like you've never seen, and it was just a giant jock strap, like mm-hmm. a literal jock strap, not a picture of one. If you right. Picture that. Yes, yes. Was it like people just like seeing that on the road driving by and like, what is this? Yeah, they were. Is It was, was shocking. That, was, how much did that have to do at the beginning with drawing people in? It, you know, it, the whole marketing of the thing, it hit like an atomic bomb in Dallas, you know? Yeah, and, it had a lot to do with yeah. it. We got an ad agency in Austin to help us okay. with that. And the stuff they came up with was genius. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. We had another billboard that said, your wife's worst nightmare, Sports Radio 1310, <laughs> the ticket. I thought that was pretty outstanding as well. There's one uh, by a company now. I don't want to name names, but they're like an air conditioning company. And it says, your wife is hot. Oh, yeah, your wife is hot. That's genius, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. So, so yeah, you know, it, it, it came like an atomic bomb, like I said. And over the past 26 years... It's pretty much been the heartbeat of Dallas radio. Did you ever expect when you started it to become the biggest sports thing, radio thing in Dallas? Or did you just expect like, hey, if we can make a living at this, then great. And, you know, not ever expecting it to be number one, the number one thing everybody listens to in this in the whole city. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I know what you're Above saying. Above music and Kiss yeah. FM and all this stuff. And you're right. I would have been very happy if we'd just been able to make our way through this world doing this. Mm-hmm. But it has turned into so incredibly much more than that. And the credit goes to the guys that are up there because we're the ones who made it. We're the ones who shaped it. We're the ones who turned it into what it what it has become. Mm-hmm. We're the ones yeah. who developed a connection with our audience like you you just absolutely have to see in action to comprehend. It's unlike any radio station that I've ever seen or heard of or been around or anything like that. And I think therein lies the secret. We've connected with them in such an incredible way to where they really do feel like they are part of it. And we feel like family to them. And I've heard from so many people over the years about how, you know, they were going through a hard time. They were going, you know, trying to kick booze or kick drugs or kick this or kick that, whatever. And we were the only one, the only thing that got them through the day. You know, we were the one that was, we, we were what was always there for them. And I hear a lot from how a guy had been disenfranchised from his dad or something like that that had a fallen out. And the ticket brought him back together again. Or a guy with his son or a guy with his brother or, or, you know, just whatever the case may be along those lines. Yeah. I've heard a million of those stories over the years. I know all the other guys have too. And that's the stuff that's really cool to hear. That's the stuff that lets you know that you've connected with them. You've made a difference in their scene, and you've done something that is meaningful to them. And you can't buy that in this world. Right. And I think that, you know, there's so much appealing about the ticket that it's just guys talking. It never really feels like you guys are talking to the listeners. You're talking to each other. And it really does feel like you as the listener – and granted, I came a little late. I probably started listening to the ticket 
2012, 13, right. Right. When I was in college uh-huh. and started to get more into sports radio, I was in music business forever. And I traveled so much around the world. I couldn't, I couldn't plug myself into one station. Yeah, sure. And previous to that, you mentioned his name earlier. I was a huge Randy Galloway guy growing up. Um, my dad would listen to him in the car and I would drive around with my dad, listen to Randy Galloway. And then when Galloway retired, I pretty much had nowhere to go, you know? And so, mm-hmm. A, a friend of mine at TCU had said, oh, you should check out the ticket. And, you know, I dove in, but there was so much inside. There were so many little bits and stuff that I had no idea what they were that I had to commit myself to listening every single day so that I could know what the heck you guys were talking about. All right. Well, let, let me does ask. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Okay. What kept drawing you back? Because most people won't yeah. fight through that. <laughs> Well, I mean, if they don't get it right up top, then they're out. They're somewhere else. Well, sure. Well, during this time, I started interning with the Cowboys and getting into podcasting, sports radio, the world. And and I mean to tell you, and I'm going to ask you this question about some of your favorite bits from the ticket. But I swear to you, that regonk bit, that just absolutely slayed me. I mean, I don't think I have ever laughed as hard in my life as I've laughed at regonk the life that it took after the fact. And I love you, TC. If you're listening to this, great guy. It's nothing to do with him. Awesome guy. I love TC. Yeah, great guy. It's nothing to do with him as a person, but just the ability for the ticket to take something so small and to turn it into something so big cracked me up so much. And we have done it. They replayed it for months and months and months and the t-shirts and the website and all this stuff, that's when I was in. I was like, okay, I get what they're doing now. And from then on, almost every bit, I, I, I understood. I heard either the genesis of or I knew yeah, where it came from. So, you know, I'm going to ask you, you just did a radio hit as I was setting up this stuff and you did <laughs> the anus is on you. That's one of my favorite bits that, that you guys do. So, you know, over your 26 years, what stands out as some of the better bits that you guys had over? Well, I love time? that one for sure. Yeah. I mean, I will work that in any time, day or night. The anus? Yeah. <laughs> I will drop that into conversation yeah. anytime, anywhere. Anytime the opportunity comes up. Yes. I will drop it in mostly to see if what how people will react. <laughs> it's so funny when they don't react. Yeah, because and, they're just and, like, okay, I guess anus is a word that you can be used in other <laughs> like they feel like the dumb one, you know? Yeah. Either that or they think, boy, this guy is really dumb. Right. He doesn't, he don't even know what the anus is. <laughs> but oh, that's a but almost unfailingly, they don't react. Yeah. And nobody ever says anything about it. But that I'm going to keep trying. Point. Sooner or later, I'm going to get a reaction from somebody about the anus. But yeah, that was <laughs> that, that was a that was an awesome bit. Yeah. Although that, that wasn't really a bit that that just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that just happened in the natural flow of things, and was it, it was just so outrageous it took on a life of its own, mm-hmm. as things will do with the ticket. So let's talk about leaving the ticket. Obviously, for most people, for the listener, for the station, it came out of nowhere. Was there ever a time before 2020 where you seriously thought this could be the end or I'm fed up, I'm leaving, whatever? No. Or or did it all of a sudden just happen in your brain or was there circumstantial evidence of that brought you to that decision? Um, I don't know. It was just kind of a real gradual build. It was probably... It was probably going on before I even realized it. I don't know. I guess what it came down to was a combination of things. Maybe I've just been doing it for so long that I got a little bit bored with it. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a certain sameness that attaches itself to it. Monotony. Yeah, certain monotony. Yeah. And that's another thing about me. I'm not a big stayer. I mean, I don't stay anywhere for very long. And people who have known me for a long time, like my sister, she's told me time and time again, I can't believe you're still doing this. Yeah. And and she says, not that there's anything wrong with it or anything like that. 
It just goes against everything I've ever known to be true about you. For you to stay that long doing anything or stay that long with anyone or anything. I'm a rambler. Yeah. I remember, you know, I was doing my, my Switzer research going and watching the Jimmy Johnson exit from the Cowboys and him saying the same thing. He's like, I just feel like doing something else right now. You know, and the yeah. quote unquote mutual decision that Jerry and him had come up with. I just, you know, just, I'm just kind of bored with this. I won a couple of Super Bowls. I never really liked staying in the same place for too long and just kind of ready to do something yeah. else. I mean, I don't know if I could be that flippant mm-hmm. about it. I mean, Jimmy was not, I mean, he started that chapter of the Cowboys for sure, but the Cowboys were in existence well before then. Uh, I was there from day one. Yeah. I mean, I was on the very ground floor of the ticket. I mean, if you want to look at the genesis of the ticket, you're pretty much looking at him. Right. You know, it was me. It started with me. That is a fact that, you know, anybody would tell you. I'm the one that had the – that made the phone calls and rounded up the guys and, and all of it. Right. Yeah, I was there for the first meeting with another guy where something tangible – that would one day turn into the ticket actually went down. And I'm I'm the very seed of it, I guess. So your wife came up with the name of the ticket? She did. You were what were some other choices that didn't uh, what the ticket could have been called? Um, if it did not. I believe we came up with the ball game. The ball game? Yeah. Didn't <laughs> didn't ring off the tongue quite as no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. The game, maybe. Um, yeah. The ball game. Well, we probably went from ball game to the game, or maybe okay. vice versa. Okay. Because, you know, around here in Texas, you go to the ball game around here. That's good. That's you know? true. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I figured. Jason be, Garrett loved playing ball. Yeah. You know, Tony Romo. Yeah. I kind of. Ball guy. I figured it'd be kind of a Texas thing. Mm-hmm. And there were one or two others. What we were trying to do, she and I were riffing over this over the period of a few days and just trying to come up with some with things that were germane to all sports. And we were just talking about it one day, and she said, well, you know, to get into any game, you got to have a ticket. I said, yeah, you do have to have a ticket. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the ticket? And she says, well, yeah, I guess I am. I said, okay, the ticket. The ticket. Like, wow. And um, we kept on that thread for a few more days, but we – after that, we kept coming back to the ticket. Right. It just sounded right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it just seemed to sound right. I mean, now I say the ticket, and it sounds just as natural as it could be. You know, back then it was pretty much – it was kind of an anomaly. But I took it to the other guys, and they weren't crazy about it at first. And we kicked around a few other things, but we always kept coming back to the ticket. And finally, it just kind of dawned on the three of us, the other two being Jeffrey Dunbar and Spence Kendrick. It kind of dawned on the three of us, look, we talk about this thing, we don't know what we're going to call it, but we keep coming back to the ticket. Is it the ticket? And we just said, yeah, it's the ticket. So there's some iconic stuff about the ticket, around the ticket. Where did the logo come from? I noticed the logo hasn't changed pretty much since the inception of the no, ticket. No, it hasn't. And that's the work of the ad agency down in Austin. Okay. Which came up with um with the billboard. The yeah, the jock strap. <laughs> that's their work too. Did they give you a couple different options and say y'all arrived at that one or was that they said, here's your logo? Um there were a couple of other options, but that was the best one by far. So sure, surely stuck. Yeah, we grabbed it and we have hung on to it. We've taken it and run with it. Exactly. So what do you think about the other stations called the ticket around the US? What did did they not owe you any money for that? What's I, the deal there? I don't there? think so. I mean, that all came down when everything was fair game, you know. We didn't I, I clearly we didn't trademark it or anything like that. Yeah. So, if they wanted to be the ticket somewhere else, they could. It never really particularly sat well with me. Well, it should, didn't that flatter you in a way? Well, yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe about 30% flattery and 70% of men. Like, like, think of your own idea? Yeah, come up with your own shit, man. <laughs> right. 
But it's very happy with the ticket. I'm very happy with the way that worked out. And I'm, that's one of the aspects of it that I was really glad to be there on the ground floor of. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the stuff y'all have done over the years, ticket stock, the compound, things like that, that are just so unique that, you know, I really feel like no other station could pull things like that off. And what's the most controversial thing that happened on the ticket where maybe somebody from the FCC called or upstairs called and said, hey, you guys need to chill. Is that ever happened? You said something on the air that... Maybe a caller called in and was pissed off about something you said where you almost really got in trouble about well, that it. That happened every day <laughs> back, back in the day. No, we've never had any really close calls. Okay. As far as, you Nobody know, tried to pull the plug on you guys ever? No, mm-hmm. no. Our, if they did, it went on at a much higher level than us, and we never really found out a whole lot about it. Somebody above your pay grade took that call yeah. and handled it? That's good. Yeah. We got real good at learning how to walk up to the line, walk up to the edge of the cliff, maybe lean over it a little bit, look down below. If a gust of wind comes up behind you, then maybe you get blown off the cliff, you know, because right. you're right there on the edge. Mm-hmm. But never go over. We got pretty good at, at learning where that was over the years and knowing what we could get away with and when it was too much. Plus, we've always had the dump button, too. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, about leaving the ticket, now that you're gone, what did that feel like? I guess you knew, but nobody else knew that you were leaving. What did that feel like to sign off the air and kind of walk out of there for the last time? And You know, I imagine Mike, I don't know if you watch The Office, but I imagine Michael Scott leaving Dunder Mifflin, and he did it the same way where... He was the only one that knew it was his last day, and he kept trying to tell people goodbye, and they were just like, all right, see you tomorrow, Michael. And he was like, okay, bye. And nobody knew that it was, it was his last day but him. So what were the emotions that you felt you know, as you were leaving the ticket, subsequently knowing that in a month or two you had to officially announce it? Was, was there like a big period between when you went off the air and when you announced it that it was just like uneasy, or how did that feel? strange yeah and the reason it felt strange is because in the weeks and months leading up to deciding once and for all that this was what i was going to do i did a lot of very very serious soul searching you know i tried every way i could every way i could possibly think of to talk myself out of this talk yourself out of leaving yes talk myself out of leaving I'd pretty much made up my mind that I was going to do it, but I tried real, real hard to come up with something. So there was a possibility in December of you coming back still. You hadn't fully made up your mind in December between the Christmas break and, and let's say, January 10th or whatever it was. There was um, somewhere in the back yeah, of your mind yeah. that said, I could still come back and everything will be good. Yeah, or, not, not, not officially I hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I if I'd have wanted to come back then, I'm sure I could have. Mm-hmm. But this sounds so weird that I'm almost afraid to say it, yet I've said it over and over again, and hopefully people will grasp it. Along the way of doing all that soul searching, I reached an almost zen-like state with it to where I was able to just look it in the eye, you know? Yeah. Look at what I was about to do in the eye and think about it. You know, you're about to... Say goodbye to the best thing you will ever do, the best thing that you have ever had in your life, the thing people know you for, the thing that has given you everything you've got, the thing that has given you everything you have ever wanted. You're about to say goodbye to that. And my reaction was time and time again when I would have that conversation, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. I had a similar experience. I was in the music business, like I had mentioned. And when I decided to leave the band that I was in, I had the same thing. You know, we were selling records, we were going on tour. And it was one of those things like, do you really want to give up what you've worked literally your entire life for? All you wanted to do since you were 12 years old and saw Tom Petty play at, at 
Starplex was be a rock and roll star. And now that you're doing it, it was probably there. You probably were Echo Tour 2002. Oh yeah, you bet. I was there. Love yeah. Echo. Good, great, great record. But yeah, it was the same thing of like you worked from age 12 to age 22 or 24 or wherever, however I will old I was then for this one thing. And now that you have that one thing, you do. You feel at peace with it. You know, you once you've accomplished what you've set out to do, you you feel a sense of calmness and. It doesn't change the past, you know? Yeah. Your future doesn't change the past. You leaving the ticket is, you know, it does not change what Mike Reiner did for 26 years at the ticket. You know, it, everyone still has those memories. Everyone's still going to know you for that. But I guess it just opens up so many more doors for things to do for the rest of your life, you know? Well, it gives me the opportunity to do something new. Right. To try something new, to try the podcast format. Mm-hmm. Here at the Athletic, yes, and I'm very excited about seeing what that's all about. It's kind of new to me. I don't know that much about it. I'm going to be relying on you and guys of your ilk to guide me through these murky waters, but I'm I'm excited about it. You know, yeah, I get jazzed about. I got jazzed the other day when you guys were up here and we had Levi and Jamie, and we could come in here and just talk about Rangers, do whatever. And, Talk about it the way we wanted to. Anything bucket list that you've got? You know, like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Italy or something like that. That you still have um, circle you want to you want to maybe do? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of places that I would like to go. Most of most of them are places that I've been to already and would like to go back to because I enjoyed them quite a bit. Vancouver is one of those. That's pretty much my favorite city Great. on the North American yes. continent. Now I hear that it's changed a lot. And not necessarily for the better, so I will eye it somewhat warily. But that won't keep me from going back there and giving it another run through and seeing if it's still got all about it that drew me so to it the first couple times I was there. Um, I haven't spent too much time with my sister and her family in recent years. She lives in Long Beach. And there are a number of other places as well. Would you want to maybe do the whole, I don't know if you've seen those scratch-off posters where you can scratch off all the stadiums you've been to yeah. you ever wanted to maybe hit every single ballpark kind of thing yeah i'd love to do that i would love to do that yeah, an because, old rv in winnebago <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean they all have something to offer you know yes ballparks are unique parts of the city that they live in especially those that are actually in the city which most are and they're very unique parts of the fabric of the city. I mean, like you go to a ballpark, you feel the heartbeat of the city, you right. know? And that's one of the things that draws me to them. What's your your favorite ballpark experience? PNC. Pittsburgh? Yeah, without a doubt. What a that, great town that Pittsburgh is, is. It really is. It's very, very underrated. And PNC yes. is the best ballpark experience that we have in this great land of ours. That's a that's an underrated choice i would not have guessed that you would have said that but it would have been high on my list oh yeah i love pittsburgh it i was. love well the entire everything pittsburgh's got going on is underrated yeah but you know philadelphia gets way too much hype for for pennsylvania i think pittsburgh's the the best city there in terms of experience for a tourist at least yeah and pnc is ooh, yeah it's awesome it's it's just incredible to sit in pnc on a summer night, look out beyond the outfield fence. You see the skyline of downtown, a mere seemingly stone's throw away. Right outside the right field fence, you have the rivers right where they come together and form the Ohio River. Mm-hmm. It's And you've got the bridges that you have to walk over there. Well, to, to, They're all to yellow, too. Like, yes. The like whole city can, is like... You know, that's the great thing about Pittsburgh, too. All the teams in Pittsburgh have the same color scheme. Yeah. You know, the the Penguins, the Pirates, and the Steelers all have the same colors. Yes. And, and, boy, and the city is literally yellow. Like, yes. you go there and like, wow, this is – I feel like I'm in Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> and those fans embrace it, seriously. Yeah. It's a great, uh, great ballpark experience. Would recommend that to anybody. That's a good one. That's a really good one. All right, well, there's a lot to just catch up with you on outside of – work life, new work life. What the heck you've been doing? I know 
I want to ask you about a little something you might have heard of, Mike, called the Corona virus. Ah, uh, familiar? A crazy little thing called the pandemic. The COVID. Yes. Right. So, what was your you know reaction to all this um, kind of happening? And then, what have you been up to these? I guess however many months it's been since uh, this all this all kind of happened. What have you been up to, man? We haven't heard seen you heard from you in a while. I've just been making my way through it like everybody else. There's not a whole lot that any of us can do. It's knocked me out of my normal routine and kept me from doing things that I would normally do, kept me mm-hmm. from doing things that I would hope that I could have done once I stepped away from the gig at the ticket. Wanted to do some traveling, but that's very difficult to do in these times. And and I really haven't much cared to venture out. I've been very lucky because I'm not sick now. I haven't got sick. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of ironic that these days I'm feeling absolutely great. And people yeah. all around us don't feel so great. I'm fortunate for that. I'm one of the lucky ones. I realize that. But as far as how I've been getting through it, I just, I just have. Like everybody else, you just make your way through it however you best can. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything um, catch your interest during this uh, lockdown? You binge a lot of a TV show, anything like that? That yeah, really I've, done, I've done a good bit of that. I've done a bit of good of a uh, good bit of TV show binging. Yeah, I got caught up on Better Call Saul. The last season of Better Call Saul was extremely, extremely strong. That's what I've heard. I've I've, I've got a friend um, that is very into it, and he says it's better than Breaking Bad at this point. He's putting it in like, okay, not at this point maybe, but this could go somewhere that Breaking Bad never went. And that excites me. I'm only, I'm still in season one. I'm still working through <laughs> yeah, it so slowly, yeah. but I, it's on the list. It, it, it could. I, I'd always liked it up until this season, but I'd never really been quite that bought into it. But yeah. this year, they just took the whole thing to the next level. And I think one of the big reasons for it was this year more than any of the other years, it seemed like Kim Wexler took a big step to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And everybody, myself included, just fell head over heels in love with her and came away going, man, where can I get a girl like that? Yeah. You you watch Netflix? Are you up to speed? Or you know how to download apps and all that? Are you pretty yeah. keen on, uh, on the new, I, yeah, how the new how kids to... are doing things? I guess you're doing a podcast now. So yeah, you're kind of so uh, I'm, I'm up on that. I, I'm learning. I'm an old guy. Yeah, and us old guys, it's hard for us to to re rack our thinking in that way that we need to, and there's a whole lot that I don't know, and my young daughter is always amazed by our uh, amused by me and amazed when I will call her up and say, "Hey, how do I do this or that?" The first thing she does is laugh. Yeah, and then she'll she'll I mean big laugh too, and that ends with "Oh, daddy," and then <laughs> tell me how to do it. And the rest of my friends, whenever I ask them how to do it, they go, you don't know how to do that. No, I don't know how to do that. Nobody's ever taught me how to do that. You would, you'd be surprised and amazed at the most basic things, the most basic tech functions that everybody knows how to do. I don't understand. But somehow I muddled my way through it. That's great. Well, yeah, man, I guess... Not much else to do, you know. Got a podcast, and you can download Netflix. So, you know, what, what, yes. speaking of Netflix, did you catch Tiger King during the? I did. I did catch Tiger King. A lot King. of Joe Exotic thoughts to get out here. I know it's been six uh, months. Yeah. You've been trying to talk about this. Yeah, it's it's you know it, it was. <laughs> I kind of took it for what it is. It's kind of a novelty. Yeah, kind of a novelty. It's you know, kinda, he's um. He's over in Fort Worth. Oh yes, yes, he's very you much. You know what? A great exclusive guest for the. Square one with Mike Reiner podcast. Well, that would be awesome. Joe Exotic. I would love to have Joe Exotic. Come out, come on out here. We can come to him. We'll go out there. Yeah. And set up oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely go out there to him if that's what he wants. Hey, I'm sure he thought he listened. You know, he's from Arlington or, or had a pet store in Arlington. I'm sure he listened to the hard line back in 94, or 95 when he was roaming around these parts. Well, I would got to know you. I would hope so, but he's big time now. And you'd be surprised to what being what going big time does to people's short term memory. Imagine being Joe Exotic though, and you go into prison and you're a total nobody, and you leave prison and you're a worldwide celebrity. It's got to be a weird, 
weird thing when that happens. Only in win, these Joe, times Joe can something up. like that happen. Right. Well, speaking of these times, Mike, we're going to try and do, you know, just for the listener out there, we're going to try and do said bit and or segment in every episode. I can't guarantee every episode that you do on this show, you know, me serving as your producer, I can't guarantee every planned bit will be relevant or, or appropriate with every guest we have and things like that. So I can't mm-hmm. guarantee every episode will have bit or segment. So don't hold me to that. But for this, I wanted to do a little segment called Let's Get Musical, Mike. And you've got a lot of music background. We know that. We're going to get into that more on the show, you know, in the, in the coming weeks, months, years. Sure. Um, go into a lot of, a lot of depths on, on Mike's thoughts on music. But there's this song currently going viral, Mike. I'm not sure if you've, you've heard it. It's called WAP. WAP. <laughs> it's called WAP. WAP. W-A-P. So you're familiar, Mike, maybe with Cardi B? heard of her okay we got cardi b megan the stallion that's a new one on me you don't know megan the stallion i don't know megan the stallion okay well what we've done is is unbeknownst to you i asked you for some random verbs adverbs adjectives things like that you know right for that right well i've replaced some of the lyrics of this their newest song lap with some of those verbs and uh, so what you're going to do here is Mad Lib read the lyrics to WAP by okay. Cardi B. All and right. So I've, I've gotten rid of all the bleeps. And we've replaced them with fun words that are appropriate for hopefully all ages. So without further ado, listener, Mike Reiner reads the lyrics to WAP or the new version of WAP. All right. The new version of WAP by Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. Boats in this house. There's some boats in this house. There's some boats in this house. There's boats in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet a corn. Make that throw game weak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you freaking with some wet a corn. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet acorn. Give me everything you've got for this wet acorn. Beat it up, bicycle. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra lovely. Put this corn right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Drive on top. I want to ride. I do a fence post while it's inside. <laughs> look in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This corn is wet. Come take a dive. <laughs> Flew me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play. I'll wear a disguise. I want you to park that big doormat right in this little candy bar. Make it eat. Make me whisper. Out in public, make a scene. I don't cook. I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this ring. Write me. Slide me. Gallop down the side of me. Quick, (laughs) jump out before you let you get away from me. I tell him where to put squash. Never tell him where I'm about to be. I run down on him before I have a Pop-Tart running me. Talk your stuff. Bite your Snickers. Ask for a car while you ride that guitar. You really ain't never got to catapult him for a thing. He already made his mind up before he came. Now get your boots and your coat for this wet of corn. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet of corn. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet of corn. Now make it rain if you want to see some wet of corn. Oh my goodness! I have a feeling some people Did I disappoint? really some people really enjoyed <laughs> "Wet a Corn" by Mike Reiner. W A C. Yes, some cream corn. I hope everybody likes that. That was, <laughs> I, you know, I envisioned how that was going to go, but I would say that far exceeded my even my expectations for. This. Oh my gosh! Well, that's good. Hey, well, we, when you're happy, Ken, I'm bordering on delirium. Man, I'm excited for you and excited for this post-life, the ticket, excited to have you here at The Athletic, man, and and I know we're going to do some great podcasts together and with guests and things, so and it's going to be fantastic. I'm, it's going to be awesome, I'm looking man. forward to it. I'm honored that Orr thought enough of me to 
rattled my cage about this. I don't know if this yeah. was your idea, his idea, or whose it was. But We were on the same wavelength, I think. He the, actually called me in, or texted me. and was like, hey, you have time to call, chat later. And I was like, yeah. Um, by the way, I think we should do a show with Ryder. <laughs> and he said, that's exactly why I want to call you. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it was exactly. Wow, all right. Yeah, we were yeah. thinking the same thing. And uh, and it's an honor, like I said, to have you here. Well, the honor is a, all mine. I know you've been and... a fan of, of Levi and Tim and, and John Mashoda and everything we've got going on here and, uh, and Man, Bob and everybody. So I tell you, the athletic is just absolutely indispensable. Right. Yeah. I mean, for a guy like me who, and this is no knock on anybody who plies their craft at the Dallas Morning News or the Star Telegram or anywhere else out there, but if you want a little bit more, if you want a little bit more depth than what those guys can go into, and it's not that they can't go into it, it's just that, you know, they, I guess in the form of a, a daily newspaper, there are yeah. limitations. The thing about the athletic is there's no real deadlines. So our writers are able to spend a little bit more time. Yeah. You know, you don't have to hit it every Sunday or every whenever. And they can release the story when the story's done, if yeah. that makes sense. Right. Instead of when it has to be done. Yep. And that's one of the things that I appreciate most about it. Yeah. A good story is done when it's done. But that's not the way daily newspapers roll. I understand that. And those guys work very well in the confines that they have to work in. But the athletic is just absolutely indispensable. And I I hope this gets out to people who don't subscribe. And if you don't, you need to. I mean, if you're... Theathletic.com slash Reiner for 40% off. That's there. right. You know, hit that up. Go to it. Theathletic.com slash Reiner. Get 40% off. It will be a good investment. If you're a sports guy, you will dig the athletic. I will make sure of it. So... That's uh, what we've got here. That's what we're doing. This is where we're headed. I hope you drop by. We're going to have good stuff for you. All right, Mike. We'll talk soon. All right. I said certified freak seven days a week.